Welcome back, welcome back to the Loading Up Podcast, and I am your host, Producer Jay, along with my co-host, Brother Zay. Brother Zay, welcome. Brother Tay's not here this week. It was a very busy weekend for him. Um, he will be missed. He will be missed, and but we'll, we'll hold down the fort. Uh, speaking of busy, this week has been busy. It's Insane. week plus. This is why, like, it was funny. We were talking off screen about uh, how slow the news has been for the past couple weeks. And then just literally the past week, it was just nonstop. Yeah, it was. It's almost too much to bear. It was like, why all in one week? Can't you just spread it out a little? (laughs) I know, right? This is the holiday season. We're trying to take a break. But it makes more content for us, so I guess we can't complain too much. That is true. That's true. Yeah, so. Uh, how you how you been doing, man? I've been doing good. I've been doing good. Finishing games. As you know, I finished Gotham Knight. Finally. With, yeah. Hey, hey, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I finished Gotham Knight, which was awesome. I really enjoyed it. And I'm actually going back and playing through it to get some, you know, achievements wrapping up. Some achievements mm-hmm. on the game. And you're trying I'm to still, 100% it? I don't know if I'll be able to 100% it. I'm going to try and get as close as I can. Not too far from 100%ing it now. So I'm going to try my best. Um, I really enjoyed the game. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun playing with my uh, my Gotham Knights buddy, Brea. Um, so we're, we got to dive into some new games, you know? I got to... Yeah. I got to start and finish Lego Star Wars. Although that just oh, dropped on Game job. Pass. I have to actually finish it because I own it already. I was going to say, good luck with that because that game, I mean, it depends on what you mean by finish. Like, that's. that's oh, uh, no, 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 no. We're not getting too, too deep into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a very long game and very intricate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many puzzles and characters to unlock and everything. No, but I want to be able to finish all the main stories. All the main movies, you know, I'm like halfway there. I'm like up to, I think, episode five. Oh wow, yeah, no, you're you're way past me because I I, uh, I got it when it released, and we're still like trying. Because the thing is, when we we start, I play with my fiance. We we play, but we gotta uh, we gotta do all the puzzles. Like that's just <laughs> that's just our nature. We can't just go into an area and just leave puzzles i mean granted sometimes we have to because you yeah. need like later level yeah, people exactly. whatever. you need you need characters that aren't available to you yeah which is so annoying because it's like <laughs> we're trying to clear out as much as possible and then we run into that one puzzle that needs a freaking droid that we can't unlock until episode six and i'm just like ah exactly that's why you got to take those and just go through the story and then you go back and finish any puzzles you didn't do with whatever characters you need because you'll be able to you know switch the characters in and out yeah that's that's what i'm thinking you're gonna have to because if not you'll never finish the game i know i mean (laughs) we we had to take a break because it was too time consuming it is very very time consuming yeah so you've been finishing up gotham knights yes um you say you want to do Star Wars. Any other games you're looking to start? Oh, so at uh, just a little sidebar. At the Game Awards, they announced Vampire Survivors for mobile. So I downloaded that on mobile. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm playing it both on the Xbox and on my phone. And gotcha. uh, I'm just having a blast with it. It's just, it's fun. 
I feel like I just need to jump in. Like I keep seeing people talk about it, and I'm just like, I feel like I'm I'm missing out. I'm having FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's fun to just pick up and play. You know, you got like ten minutes. You want to just pass some time. You know, pick up and play. Yeah, I think I just need to just do it. Stop, stop overthinking it. <laughs> yeah, you're overthinking it. You definitely are. Yeah, but um, as far as I go, I I haven't really been playing much. Like I don't know for whatever reason, I just haven't had time. Been just chugging along God of War. Um, I've been playing. Well, ha- like have been, but I tried out the the Elden Ring update, as you can see in the gameplay. Um, it's. Nah. Not yeah. having a good time there, are you? <laughs> no. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm never, I was never really into the PvP aspect in any Dark Souls game. I know. Like, I always used to hate when people invaded me. And it was like, uh, I was like, I'm just trying to play the game. Granted, yeah. Elden Ring, it happened a lot less than other games, which I don't, I don't know if there's a reason for that. But it still happened, and it would get very frustrating. So I'm getting paired up with these people that are like, like they maxed out everything or they yeah. they they have their build like already set. Me, I kind of just pick up and go. I'm a scrapper. I pull everything that I can together and if it works, it works. <laughs> oh no, no, no. These people are made for PvP. Yes. They they take the time they they level up so much. Like even me, when I first started playing Elden Ring, I didn't know what I was doing until my cousin showed me some things and showed me how to build a character and and what what gear I should get, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm like level one sixty, and I'm destroying fools. Yeah. And I'm, and then, and then there are people who come in and invade me. They're like level two fifty and higher, and I'm yeah. like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, that's that's od. Yeah, so the PvP people, you gotta hats off to them because they they put the time in to be able to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's it's dedication. Like the 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 souls community is is very dedicated to that game definitely definitely well deserved by the way i was gonna say well deserved because that's a great game yeah um so before we get into the news i'll just uh start off with a a, an opening question because i felt we did it last week and i like the flow of it so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna continue it um so we'll, we'll do a light one so what what um what was the game that brought you into like the gaming like universe i guess like what what started your gaming career was there any particular game that like caught your eyes like whoa i want to try that so i'm gonna show my age here um (laughs) (laughs) um my brother had a nintendo when we were growing up Mm -hmm. and our first game that we had was with the little the little light gun was Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. We had the Nintendo with the orange gun and everything, and it was, it was a blast. So we played Duck Hunt, and of course that got us interested in Mario, and that's where it took off. You know, when we started playing like Super Mario Brothers, and I also got a, I got a Game Boy at the time, the big fat gray one, and mm. and I was into Kirby. Kirby, Kirby Dreamland. Yeah, I don't know why, but I just loved Kirby and it couldn't get I couldn't get enough of it. So between Duck Hunt, Mario and Kirby, that started off, that kicked me off in my my gaming career, you can say. <laughs> mm, got you. So and, like you you played with, oh you said you played with your brother, right? 
Yeah, for we're like for duck hunt because you know we only had the one gun, so we would take turns okay. and stuff. Yeah. Okay. And what so about the, you? So for me, it's it's kind of hard to pinpoint because there's there, I feel like there's multiple games that kind of caught my eye, and it's very weird because um it I grew up in the era of like the Super Nintendo and and the NES, but. Yeah. That was like still I was too young to really grasp it. Okay. So um it wasn't until I think it was uh which one was it? It was Super Mario Brothers two no not two. Maybe three. Which one was the one where they had the overworld that you can like go to the different uh levels? Three. You think about three. It was three, right? So yeah, yeah so it, it was it was three. Or maybe it was World. I don't know. It was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so one of my one of my cousins had that, and uh, whenever I would go over, they would be playing it, and um, I would play the the two like, quote unquote two player mode where you basically just take turns. Yeah. Um So I did that, but that really didn't like hook me. Like it was just something that I played, and I was just like, oh, this is neat. But I never, I never really like. Wait, I never really wanted to um get it because of it you know what i mean yeah so it wasn't until another one of my cousins got um a playstation one and they had metal gear solid for it oh nice yeah so they got they got this bundle it was metal gear solid plus vr missions so i remember that yeah it was the main game and then Mm -hmm. It had the side missions where you can do like puzzles and stuff like that. And yes, he was he got it for I think it was his birthday or maybe it was Christmas, but he got it as a gift and he was playing it. And I was just I was so like enthralled by it. I was just like, wow, this is insane. <laughs> and I always wanted to play it. I always wanted my own thing, but um, I just I never did. Um, So then after that. I had I had wanted I think I'm pretty sure I asked for a PlayStation one, but you know back then parents really didn't know the difference or whatever. They just say, "Oh, he wants a video Nintendo. game. <laughs> Everything's Nintendo." So I think they took that literally and they got me in a Nintendo 64 <laughs> instead of a PlayStation one. That's um, funny. Yeah. So, but it turned out for the best because I got uh, Mario 64. Obviously, like I feel like that's everybody's yeah, that's most people's. Yeah, when they get an N64, that's what they get. You have to have Mario um, Yeah, so I got Mario 64. Um, I got Mario Kart. And then I also got this like Tetris type game. It's not Tetris, but it was like, it was very weird. It was like water coming down and you have to drop it on the the map and it would click. It was very strange. I, I To this day, I don't know what it was called. I remember one one day I was trying to figure out because it just popped in my mind and I was trying to look for it, but I couldn't figure it out. But that's the best I can describe it. <laughs> okay. um, so, yeah, so those are like the three games. And oddly enough, the cousin that had the PlayStation 1 and Metal Gear Solid, he wanted the N64 <laughs> because he wanted to play Mario. So he would come to my house to play. I'm like, yo, you got a PlayStation. Why are you coming to my house? And he's like, I really want to play Mario Mario uh, 64. And one of one of my uh, fondest memories is uh, we got um, we were trying to collect all the stars because we heard that y- you could find Yoshi once you get the 150 stars 
or maybe it's 151. I can't remember. Um, yeah, so we were trying so hard, and we got 149, and we were like trying to find this last star in one one of the levels, and it was almost impossible. <laughs> and it wasn't until like when we were adults that we figured out where it was as kids we never found it out we never got to i never got to meet yoshi as no. a kid i know i was so like upset eventually i moved on more games came out i just whatever mm. but it wasn't until i think it was mario uh the ds remake okay that i found out where it was and i i sent it to my cousin i was like this is where it was and we were just like what and we were just like we couldn't believe how like we missed it or whatever. Yeah, you probably passed right by it a bunch yeah, of times. Yeah, it it really was one of those things where it's like we just took a wrong turn somewhere. Oh, that sucks. But yeah, <laughs> so that that's the beginning of my like gaming uh career. And the rest is history. I never did get a PS1 though. <laughs> wow. You still didn't get the PS1. Yeah, I got a PS2, so I guess that makes up for I that. I mean Yeah, you could have brought the PS1 games, played them on the PS2. <clears throat> I never did. <laughs> no. Silly, silly. It is whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, I guess we could just jump right into the news because we got a lot to cover. There is a lot of news to cover. Yeah, the the Xbox gods were on our side this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the real. amount of content we have. Yes. Um. So yeah, we'll just jump right into it. Um. The first big news story that we'll jump into is that Xbox is following Sony's suit in raising prices on their mainline games. So IGN broke the story that Microsoft uh, built for series games will now cost $69.99. And I don't agree with raising prices, especially in an ever you know increasing digital world where we can download a game, you know, they don't have to worry about manufacturing or shipping or anything like that. You know, why are we spending more on games? But, you know, such is the way of life, inflation and everything. Somebody's got to get paid. The bottom line's got to be filled. So Xbox is raising prices yeah. to $70. Not a fan. Not, Not a fan. Like I I I was very much against $70 games when, when Sony did it. Um, I'm against it now. I don't think it's a good idea. I mean, I can understand from an economic standpoint why they'd want to do it. But personally, as a consumer, I'm going to be against it no matter how justifiable it is, you know? And yeah. I feel like um, a lot of times people misunderstand what like the difference between understanding things and uh justifying it so it's like i can understand it but i can't justify it like from a consumer because that's uh, it doesn't benefit me so why should i even why should i be for it whereas some yeah. people they they just defend and they freaking oh 70 dollars means more quality it's like no that's that's not how it works they can yeah. make quality the price has nothing to do with quality <laughs> yeah that's not going to, that extra 10 dollars is not going to go to the developer exactly you know, it they, doesn't go it goes they to got the paid publisher. already they exactly. got paid already it's done you know exactly so it, you, you're always gonna have those people out there who are going to you know agree with everything their particular favorite box does mm -hmm. you know you know but let's let's be real here it's adding an extra ten dollars is not gonna help 
any consumer of video games. It only helps the publishers and their bottom line. Right. The, the one upside that I see to, you know, Xbox doing this is that if you have Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate, yes, you get the game anyway. You know, you yeah. don't have to pay $70 for it. It's going to drop day one on Game Pass. Yeah. So uh, that's a- not an excuse, though. And it's not. It's not an excuse. I'm still very much against them raising the prices because people like to own their games. Some people don't want a subscription service. Some people want to buy their games, which is right. their right to do so. You know, but if you do own Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate, you don't have to worry technically about spending that seventy dollars. Yeah, and that's and that's one thing that people really um, they kind of gloss over. Like, so what when you increase prices like this, it only furthers people's um hesitancy to get games like the more money they gotta spend the less games they're gonna buy or the 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 less uh enthusiastic gonna be they're gonna be until they know for sure that this game this game is gonna be great and they're gonna like it then they'll buy it but it's just now that the prices on uh, are increasing on all sides it seems like um people are going to be less likely to buy games. But because of that, they're more likely to subscribe to Game Pass because of it. So it's like, like, it's kind of like a counterbalance. Like, yes, it's $70. Yes, it's more expensive. Yes, you might not want to spend that money as opposed to before, but now you're more incentivized to subscribe to Game Pass. And I do expect an increase in subscriptions next year once, like the like Starfield and Redfall come out. Yeah. Um, so I w- we'll wait. We'll see how that works out. But I definitely think that there's like a balancing act. And hopefully, if Microsoft's smart, they're not gonna increase the price of Game Pass just yet. I feel like eventually they will, but I feel like they should wait until at least next the end of next year before they do that. I think they're kind of waiting until they hit like 50 million subs. Once they hit 50 million subs, I think they're, they're going to think about it. Maybe we should raise prices now that we have all these games out, you know? Maybe. Which makes sense. We, you know, we're finally getting to the point where we can say we have an Xbox exclusive, you know, coming up this year. So maybe they'll justify the increase in price with game, for Game Pass with that. Yeah. I mean, and even then, it might not it won't even increase that much because these subscription services they need to maintain subscribers so it's probably going to go up maybe two or three dollars like it's not going to be anything like breaking the bank but yeah yeah, so i mean for me in particular i don't i can't speak for anybody you know everybody's finances are different Mm -hmm. but game pass has been hella worth it absolutely you know i i subscribe to game pass ultimate you know, it's I could do game share, so me and my wife both have access to it. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's just it just makes sense. I don't have to spend sixties, you know, or seventy dollars for a game. It comes out on Game Pass, I can you know play it there. And soon they're gonna introduce the family plan. They've already been testing that out. So I know I can't wait for that. You know, I yeah, can have a whole bunch really of people good. on one plan. It'll make it even cheaper. You know, five exactly. bucks per person. Exactly. You know, so. I mean, we'll see how everything plays out. Of course. So, next. Yeah, we'll jump right into it. So, Bethesda and ZeniMax, they actually have um, the quality assurance workers 
who test the games out, they're going to unionize. They started the ZeniMax Workers United um, Union. And Xbox has said nothing on it, which is a good thing. They, they said they're going to remain neutral. They're not going to interfere with the them making the union. They're going to allow them to do whatever they want. They're not going to stop them, much like other corporations will stop their workers from unionizing. Um, Xbox is taking a back seat. It said, do what you got to do. Um, although conditions at Xbox and Microsoft, you know, with all their studios now, they have like, what, 30-something studios now. Conditions have been reported to be okay but everybody still wants the rights to be able to speak on what they want for the better working conditions better pay you know and everybody deserves that so these q a workers at bethesda are definitely going to start using they're going to take a vote actually um i think it's next week i think so yeah honestly this is it's uh this is only a good thing like i i don't see any downs i mean there's downsides to microsoft obviously because this <laughs> this kind of hurts their bottom line a little bit but overall it's a net positive because now if you think about it because the quality assurance aspect of bethesda has kind of been in a downward spiral let's <laughs> to say the least because yeah. i mean you know they they famously are known as bug Thesta. so um this only could be a good thing for them because now um, they'll be able to actually have good conditions to test their work and make sure that it releases in a quality state. Yeah, of course, of course. It, it, it could only be a good thing. Any time where workers can gather together, unionize, and the company itself not interfere with that, I feel it is a big W for the working class, you know? And they, yeah. they're they're out here trying to just get, you know, fair treatment. You know, some of the main points from the union that we're talking about, uh, some of the four major points are fair treatment for all individuals, including wages, um, for the value that they provide, opportunities for advancement within the company, um, accountability plus transparency, and a voice in decision making around scheduled workload. I mean, that doesn't sound like a, anything terrible, you know. Yeah, it's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable. They they want they just want to be able to say, listen, if we did this work, we did it well. Maybe we could get a shot at a position, you know. Mm-hmm. They want to, you know ask for better wages without having to be, you know, afraid to, you know? Right. I, I think what they're asking for is very reasonable. And that's why Microsoft is like, do what you got to do. Exactly. You know, they're taking a hands-off approach and you got to applaud Microsoft when they do something right, even though they do many things wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is, that is also true. I mean, we just spoke on the last story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, no. This is this is overall a good thing, definitely. And it also helps their case in the Activision stuff, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yes, we will. We'll just jump right into the next one: um, Persona Three Portable and Persona Four Golden. The ports are set to release in January of this next year. So next month. Oh my God, twenty twenty three is next month. Can you believe it? Jeez, where is the time gone? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's gone to gaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. So the official release date for all platforms is January 19th of 2023. But it's especially special for Xbox players because it will be coming to Game Pass on that day. So that's very nice for all the Persona fans out there. You know, I know Persona 5 Royale is out on Game Pass right now. Tons mm. of people have been playing it. It's been selling like crazy. It, I think the first week it sold out everywhere. You couldn't get it at Best Buy, GameStop, anywhere. So it goes to show you that the JRPG crowd on the Xbox is there. And we want more, okay? Yes. Phil Spencer, anybody listening? Jeff Grubb, <laughs> we want more JRPGs on Xbox. I'm sure. I'm sure they're listening because obviously they. That's the reason why they did this stuff because yeah. people are asking for it, and I hope they continue to plead the case for Xbox players because obviously there has been, uh, I, I, I guess, bias against Xbox because they don't release games on there. But you can't build an audience if you don't release games. So they have to figure out a way to bite the bullet and just build that audience up. Because otherwise, you're not going to make anything, any any headways on the platform if you don't release it there. Honestly, I think it has a lot to do with them just being afraid to go to... Uh, I think it has to do with them being afraid of Sony. A lot that, of them yes. a lot of them have relationships and... and contracts with sony and nintendo because that's their main people you know they, they're they're all japanese you know they don't want to mm-hmm. they want to step on anybody's toes because they know that sony has power and pull in japan yeah and not not for nothing but just in general uh japanese business can tend to be a little bit more personal than like western businesses yeah. so japanese developers would definitely feel uh well maybe not developed but like publishers will feel kind of slighted especially sony by japanese developers releasing on xbox and they would they would take action against it and it seems so bizarre like from our perspective like why would you take something like that personal it's literally just business but that's how they do it that's how they operate a lot of them I mean, you could just look at Hideo Kojima when he announced he was working with, you know, Xbox, how the backlash he received. He had to do damage control. Yeah, I mean, that's insane. Like, And that's good. I was just going to say, it's just it's it's insane. You know, he's working with everybody. He's not just working with Sony. Just because he's working with Xbox doesn't mean that he's going to leave Sony. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, that's also probably why he announced Death Stranding 2 to kind of like reaffirm that commitment he has with PlayStation so that way nobody, like he doesn't receive any more black backlash because of it. Who knows when Death Stranding 2 is coming out? That that could be like, he's working on the game for Xbox. So Death Stranding 2 is like years and years and years away. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and he announced that at the Game Awards, right? Yeah, he did announce it yeah. at the Game Awards. So, yeah, it's definitely like six years away, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knowing you know? Kojima, especially. Yeah. Yeah. All the, all these big games take a lot of time now. It used to be like every two or three years where, you know, games would come out. Or even a year. Look at Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. All came out very quickly. Yeah. You know? But now these games take, you know, four or five years. Sometimes six to develop. 
Yeah. Especially, you know, in this transition period where we're going from the Xbox One and PS4 now to PS5 and yeah. to the series consoles. There's a lot of technology that developers and publishers have even yet to use for the new consoles because it's still so new. You know, we're still right. early in the generation. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So I know I know we'll be getting more into JRPGs with Xbox. I know they have a partnership with many people in Japan. You know, we saw Phil Spencer and his team in Japan, you know, talking and working alongside with developers. So I know there'll be more to come. And I'm glad that they started with games from Atlas like Persona because they're huge hits. Even though these are older games, they're still huge hits, and they're, they'll be new to Xbox players, and we can't wait for January 20th to come. Neither can I. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to get to some more Xbox. There's a lot of Xbox news lately. Very, very quiet on the Sony side. Very, very like whisper quiet like yeah yeah they're they're mostly discussing you know activision and trying to get that deal thrown off the table yeah. <laughs> no, nothing else <laughs> that's it that's their main focus right that's now their main focus right now yeah so we got a lot of xbox news so we're gonna uh, put up on screen the picture of the patent we're talking about for the controller so that everybody can see mm-hmm. um here now we'll be talking xbox released a patent to show a controller with an lcd display so the ld lcd display will be right where our xbox controller is now where they have the um xbox button it's going to be there everything's going to be moved down it's going to look the same but with a little lcd display and it's going to sort of look exactly like a ps5 controller with that display there it's it looks a bit weird to me. Like I can't see how everything could be there without them yeah. sacrificing something, you know. I know they want to innovate and make controllers and it looks like it, it could be cool, but I'm not sure how it will function in my hand. Like I'm holding a controller right now and I'm like there's not a lot of room here. <laughs> Where are we going to go? Yeah. You know, are they going to make the controller a little bit bigger? You know, what's going to happen to the frame? Oh, the type of batteries are going to use? Are they going to use batteries still? Or are they going to go to the Sony route and have the built-in batteries? I don't know what they're going to plan for the batteries particularly. But um, the the controller itself looks pretty cool. I want to know more about the LCD display that they have there. So far, they're, they're talking about it just being in the functioning for like Bluetooth connection. You know, so that they can you can see that it's connected and how many people are connected. But if you have a LCD screen, there the possibilities are endless. You can have information about the game on your controller. It could it could lead to a lot of innovating with um, games. So I'm excited to see where that patent goes, or if it doesn't go, because lots of companies patent things all the time and they just never see the light of day. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say, like, if it comes to fruition, because a lot, yeah, most companies do that just to have the patent so nobody else can do it. Yeah. And then they'll just sit on it and let it just. Yeah, let it die. Let it die or just, like, collect dust, essentially. I mean, Um, it looks cool. It does. No, it does look cool. And I'm I'm curious 
if they plan to implement it as a regular controller or as a maybe potentially Elite Series 3 controller. That's interesting. Yeah, so... Um, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I guess they're just uh, they're using it to test things out. I don't, I personally I can't see any like real practical implementation other than what they've said is that it'll just display if it's connected, maybe the battery life and stuff like that, which yeah. is all like fun little neat features. But I don't I don't feel like I would need to buy it just for those features you know i already have like six controllers i don't need any more <laughs> they would have to really have a, a really unique uh function for me to be like i need to try this controller i need to have it uh or you know over a regular controller yeah i mean i don't even like the touchpad on the it's the honestly there's there's PS5 no controllers. Yeah, there's no point to that touchpad. Like, I get yeah. where they were going for it, but honestly, I feel like the only reason why they they uh, ported it to the PS5 was because the PS4 had it and they had backwards compatibility, so they yeah. had to add it to the PS5. Yeah, I so don't. There was, I don't like they were it like, at all. and then p plus they planned on doing cross-gen games, so both the games had to have the same features for that touchpad. Honestly, I think wh whenever the PS6 decides to come out, I think they're going to do away with it because it, it doesn't serve any purpose. Honestly, mm. most games don't even use it. So No, most games don't use it. It's weird. So it's just like a button. It's like a it's like a pause button. It's like a, a giant big, pause a giant, button. <laughs> yeah, a giant map button or whatever. It's yeah. it's silly. It is. It is silly. That's I never liked it, so it's interesting to see what, what can come out from this pad or not. Who knows? You know, it, it could be something and it could be nothing. We'll see. Yeah, we we definitely will. <laughs> so um, we're gonna get into some of the the big news. Here we go. Or no, we're we're gonna get into some sales charts. Oh, have, right. Yes, we have some sales charts coming up from November. A lot of uh, comparison charts of all the sales that happened through. Black Friday, because that's you know one of the biggest shopping hot days of the year for many people, and mm -hmm. they want to talk about that not just on the U.S. side but on also on the U.K. side. U.K. numbers are actually still being tallied. Uh, they think that uh, they think Sony came out on top in the U.K., but you know they're still tallying all the all the numbers. Um, so as of Right now, the PS5 is in the lead with 10 million units sold, 10.5 million units sold. Uh, the series consoles. That's total, right? This is total for the year okay. of 2022. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the year 2022. Everything so far, 10 mil, 10.5 million consoles sold for the PS5. And the series consoles is right behind it at 8.5 million. And then, of course, we have the market leader, the true market leader, Nintendo Switch with 15.5 million units Jeez. sold. No, nothing is going to take down Nintendo. Nothing. Yeah, it's, it, it doesn't matter. Everybody talks about Sony and Xbox, and there's this fighting online, and then Nintendo's just sitting back, just laughing with all the money. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's 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 very it's funny how people try into like discount nintendo from these conversations because really they're they're the kings of the castle like let's be honest 
they're the ones running everything. There are many there are many instances where people, especially from news organizations like like Bloomberg or even New York Times, where they they'll they'll put Nintendo in an asterisk because it's like oh, but this is a different gaming market because they yeah. because they consider it technically mobile and handheld, but it's like no, it's it's a console. You know, I got two it sitting is. up on the dock right now. You can play it on your TV with a controller, so it's a console and it deserves to be uh, talked about when we talk about sales charts. And I think people don't like to talk about it because it's like, yeah, Nintendo's gonna sell. You know? Yeah, but, it's it's one of those like inevitabilities, like Yeah, yeah. I mean overall Nintendo's actually down for the year by twenty one percent. You know, they thought they were gonna do better, but they're still killing it, you know. Um Xbox is up by thirty thirty one point five percent from last year. So they're they're doing well. They're happy with those numbers. And PlayStation is just down a little bit by a 0.3%. So it's uh everybody's doing well. You know, everybody's eating, you know. Yes. Everybody's eating. So, um of course nobody doubted Nintendo was going to be the market leader. Everybody just wants to talk about Xbox and PlayStation, but Nintendo reigns supreme. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As usual. As usual, exactly. And I know I know Brother Tay's not here, but he'll be super happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about um GameStop. A uh, GameStop. And their market share and how they've lost over ninety five million dollars just in the past three months. Um, they're switching what they're going to be focusing on. They switched it back in the summer to focus on crypto and NFTs when it was like super hype. And yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that didn't work out for them, obviously, because they lost $95 million. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they're going to be switching focus back to um, games you know, pre-owned content and collectibles. Because as you know, if you go into a GameStop now, it's like a little collectible store with games. <laughs> yeah, they even have like a, a, a separate store that's owned by GameStop. I think it's called Geek something. Geek, yeah, yeah, Geek something, yeah. yeah I, I something actually like... went to the store. There's, they have one at the Palisades Mall. Yeah. Yeah. They, it's it's literally just everything that GameStop sells that isn't games. That's what it is. So yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's, they're trying to they're trying to get that like hot topic Spencer's type feel where you it's a like geek culture or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- hopefully that works out for them because they're gonna need to figure something out because I don't think many people are going to GameStop anymore. No, I mean. They not even they don't even have games. Sometimes you go there and they're like, "No, I don't have this game." You have to pre-order it. Yeah, you can't even just casually walk in and pick up a game because they only have pre-orders now, and that kind of yeah. that kind of sucks for the average regular Joe consumer who just wants to walk in and pick up a game. You know, they just mm-hmm. want to they just want to walk in and pick up the new NBA Two K Twenty Three or Twenty Four. Yeah. You know, they they want to walk in and pick it up. You know, they don't want to have to worry about pre-orders and all this. They're not super hardcore gamers like us. They're just casual gamers. Yeah. And they they're the ones who are suffering and they're the ones who would take their business otherwhere. You know, they'll go to Target or they'll go mm-hmm. to Walmart or Amazon and spend there. Mm-hmm. 
And then we have news like this where GameStop is losing $95 million in three months. You know, they just not doing that great. Yeah, it's it's really honestly, I'm surprised they even lasted this long. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> I am as well. I am as well. It it sucks though because they're gonna they're gonna be focusing on um layoffs now for all the, a lot of corporate layoffs, but also cor- layoffs for the crypto section and the NFT section. You know, mm-hmm. they they were really going hard and they hired a lot of people a lot of talented people and now they're all going to get laid off because they're just they're switching gears again you know so uh, not just them losing 95 million dollars in 3 months but them also losing some talent and people losing their jobs especially around the holiday times that really really sucks yeah no that's that's the worst part of it and it, honestly Absolutely. it's 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 across the board that there's layoffs everywhere i think um IGN just had a bunch of layoffs recently, so it's it sucks. This is just really poor timing. It absolutely is. The, the, that's really the worst part about any sort of news where you hear that there's a decline in in revenue for the past three months for any company, you know, especially for gaming right. companies. You know, whenever you hear decline in revenue, you know they're going to start doing layoffs, and that's what, where it really hurts the most. Yeah, it's there's really nothing we we can do about it. Like even if we were to like start supporting GameStop or whatever, they're still gonna do this stuff. Like that's that's just how the business is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna jump into the one of the major topics: Activision Blizzard. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Meat and potatoes. It is the meat and potatoes of news. It is. That's a good analogy. Because every week, we got meat and potatoes. (laughs) So, it was a very busy week for both Xbox, Activision, the FTC, uh, presidents and CEOs of all these companies. So many meetings and just a lot of stuff happening between... Monday and Thursday. It's it's just been a little overwhelming at times. Yes, though it's very it can it's very overwhelming. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just and it's a lot to keep up with because the frequency of all this news coming out is just like nonstop. It's one after another. Like yeah. literally, the uh, part of the news happened at like eleven p.m. at night. I know. Like, I me- the hell? I messaged you. I was yeah, and I, you yeah, like, and I was like, "Wait, what? I'm about to go to bed." <laughs> I know. I felt so bad, but I had to tell you. I was like, "I was like, producer Jay, producer Jay, yeah. listen." <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do the show right then and there, but you know, it's um. I mean, good thing we didn't because more and happened. So after much that. <laughs> more. So much more happened. It's it gets it gets insane. So, um, we'll talk a little bit about Xbox. Uh, Phil Spencer, he came out and stated on Monday that they were going to do a commitment to Nintendo, to Steam, as well as Sony on a 10-year deal for Call of Duty. And that they were committed to bringing the game to more people and not trying to take it away from people. Uh, that's the start of the Activision news was him committing to a 10-year deal to Nintendo. Um, 
which was shocking. Nintendo has had Call of Duty before mm-hmm. on the Wii, I believe it was, and the Wii U. Yeah. Um, so it's not unheard of, but they haven't had some of the latest Call of Duties. And I think Nintendo took the deal. They're gonna be like, they're like, fine with me. If it sells more switches, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, no, they, you know? they they don't care. Like honestly, yeah. they they've shown that they don't need Call of Duty to survive, but obviously they're not gonna say no if Microsoft be like, Here, take it. I'm like, yeah. All right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you guys exactly. really wanna give it to us. <laughs> That's the thing. You don't need Call of Duty to survive, but they'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um they made that same deal to uh Gabe Newell, who's the head of Steam. Mm-hmm. He's he, the founder and CEO. Yes, Steam. the founder and CEO. Yes. And he t- he looked at the deal and he said, we don't need it. He said his exact words were, we have had a partnership with Xbox before. We don't need a signed 10-year deal. We know what Microsoft says is go- they're going to do it. So there's no need for this so-called deal. We know right. that we know that Microsoft is going to abide by what they say, and that's that. Which I thought was pretty cool. You know, he came out and said, "We don't need this. We know that they're gonna do it. That's because they do what they say." Right, and, and it's it's also very interesting because um, a lot of people don't realize this was, was um, or is uh, Gabe Noble used to work at Microsoft. He did, yes. Yeah, he used to work at Microsoft. Granted, it was in like the, the, the early 90s. So it was a long time ago. And apparently he left because of, I guess, just just creative differences. I guess he just wanted more freedom. And that's when he founded Valve and created Steam, which is now like essential for PC gaming. Yes, if, if you don't have a, a Steam as a PC gamer, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, what are you doing? You, <laughs> you, you're crazy. And it's funny because a lot of people in the beginning didn't like Steam. But then eventually it got better and now it's like it's the best thing ever. Um, but uh, the fact that he's saying this about Microsoft now, considering that he left because of management or whatever the case may be, is very like strong in favor of Microsoft because if he's able to um make statements in favor of Microsoft then he's going to be able or he's going to be able to help them in their arguments against the FTC that they do keep their promises they're they're not just speaking out their asses like they're willing to do what is necessary to make sure everything is right and fair and they don't go back on their word because they can't afford to. Yeah, they can't afford to at all. There's there's no reason to. We all, we all know and see Phil Spencer as what he is. He's a stand-up guy who runs a company, who runs the Xbox company, mm-hmm. and he's always been true to his word. I don't think he's ever gone back on his word. Uh, he's not the the snake businessman that people want him to be. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. When he, I mean, he came out and said it. He was he. He's his quote was, "Phil and the games teams at Microsoft have always followed through on what they told us. They would, they would do so. We trust their intentions, and we think Microsoft has all the motivation they need to be on the platforms." And devices where Call of Duty customers want them to be. That's those were his exact words, right? You know, th- those are some pretty strong words, like you said. 
they can only show to the partnerships and the dedication that they have at Xbox, particularly Phil Spencer, how much he's transformed the Xbox ecosystem to what it is today from what it was just a few short years ago. Right. And I think it's, it's, they're trying to shed that old skin and they're doing everything that they can to make sure that they're that because Microsoft tends to have this um, image that they're just greedy, big tech, which was the case for a long time. I mean, but yeah, back ever, in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, back in the 90s, maybe early 2000s, early 2000s like, yeah. that they were they were very aggressive, very greedy, very money hungry, all that stuff. Um, mm. But they've made very large strides to changing that aspect, especially on the Satya Nadella. Like he he's completely like I want to say one, did a 180 on this company and just changed the the landscape changed the mindset like I think it was last year or maybe it was this year that they they came out with um I think like the top 10 businesses to the or best uh like morale in businesses like the best places to work for yeah with the highest morale and Microsoft was literally number one yeah. It was the number one place to work for because of morale, like the way the 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 ecosystem is, how they do stuff. It's very consu- or um, employee friendly. So that's all because they had to change their ways. Of course. And they've done it. And now that change is spreading to Xbox under Phil. And he's just taking the ball and running with it. Which is great. You know, we want to see companies do the right thing. You know, we want them to be good. You know, we don't want the negative, big, bad people. You know, like like people look at the old Activision, you know, and the old Blizzard and the, the times where they had all their scandals and everything. And it's like, maybe the merger can be great if Microsoft can take it and change the culture over there and then them just focus on making some great games. Changing the culture, making great games. It, I think it will be good for the workers as well as for the gaming community as a whole. Right. I definitely agree. Yeah. So, so some high praise from Gabe Newell there. You know, we, you know, just, just his statements alone just go to show you type of company that Microsoft is trying to be, trying to show the world that it is, you know. And as much as I want Phil Spencer to just come out and be like, well, you want to mess with us? You want to try and take our deal away? We're not going to give you crap. We know that's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, Phil Spencer is not that type of person. And we know that he's going to stick to his words. And he's going to provide Call of Duty on PlayStation forever. You know, everybody keeps throwing these numbers out a year. Three-year deal, ten-year deal. But honestly, it just makes more sense for Call of Duty to be everywhere. You know, I don't mm. I don't think they're worried about Call of Duty. I think they want King more than anything. Well, yeah, that's been their mantra since I don't know, maybe not the beginning, but lately they've been very clear that this deal is more about King than anything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. They have um some more news following up with Activision. That was just the deal on Monday that everybody was talking about that broke the news cycle broke twitter a little bit uh phil spencer was 
trending for a little bit on Monday from that. And then it was stated that Matt, uh, Brad Smith from Xbox, mm -hmm. from Microsoft, actually, he's one a vice president. He was going to meet Thursday morning with the FTC because the FTC was, you know, rumors were coming out that they wanted to to sue Microsoft. They were going to approve the deal. There were a lot of rumors going around. So Brad Smith decided, let's go have a meeting. And they went and they had their little meeting. And nobody, of course, knows exactly what was said during the meeting. We could all guess because of just a few hours later, from that, having that meeting, the FTC came out and just broke the news that they're going to sue Microsoft to try and stop the merger from going through. Yeah, this was the big one that everybody was talking about. Huge, like just astronomically huge or how big it was. It was it broke the Internet a little bit. Twitter was trending for Activision, for Phil Spencer, FTC. Lots of people were talking about it, including senators, Senator yes. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren. Warren. They all took to Twitter to praise the FTC for their, you know, taking on the big giant Microsoft. You know, again, that that that's just uh, a false image of a bygone era that a lot of. Uh, Frank, I, I would say all of them, a lot of all of Congress. At least the older ones. Oh no! They just, Any they just... anybody over anybody over fifty in the Congress has no idea of what they're talking about when it comes to the gaming community. Yes, they just they they speak out their ass because they have preconceived notions about what these companies do, what they're all about because of what they used to do. So it's like they they feel like, and it's it's always it's also like hypocrisy because. They're basically saying that these companies are incapable of changing. Like, isn't that the whole point of, like, the FTC and all this stuff is to encourage, like, them changing their ways to stop them from being, like, uh, monopolies and stuff like that. So when you see a company that is actually making that change, why would you still condemn them for, for stuff that they've done before? I mean, you know, the FTC has some new leadership. You know, they have some new young blood. And they, they want to try and make some splashes and waves for their political career. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, is, it is pretty much political. And oh, yeah, because... The, it, the, go ahead. There was, there was never actual uh, a preliminary injunction involved. That, all I was this just about is, to say that. <laughs> all this is just political posturing. They're, they're going to their own personal court. They're not going to federal court. They're not actually suing them. Nothing is actually stopped. The deal can still go through technically. Yeah. That, so well, I was gonna mention that this is it's, it's also interesting that they chose this route to their they if they really wanted to they could stop it and halt it and they if they really wanted to k start trouble they could have just bring it to the judiciary court and it could have gone on long into 2024 even potentially 2025 with Absolutely. the deal just completely stopping. But Absolutely. they didn't do that. They went no. to the administrative court, um, and now they're going to plead their case, obviously, but nothing really stops. The EU oh. regulators are still out to decide if they approve it, which they might, 
because based on their comments, yeah. uh, it seems like they're they're leaning towards uh, pushing it through, and also the CMA. So it's like there's still a potential where they can close this and it'll still go through, and Activision will go under Microsoft, but then they'll still be under litigation. So um, before I get more, or before we get more into this, I want to do I do want to recommend if people actually want an in depth look an explanation about everything regarding this because i'm not a lawyer i don't know half the stuff these guys or this stuff is like talking about in their like court documents and all that stuff but uh if you want uh a better understanding i would suggest uh, looking up hogue law on youtube he does very very intricate explanations breakdowns of everything and and breaks it down into it into terms where you can understand yeah and that's how i man's language yeah he's pretty much really, yeah layman's terms yeah he's a really good youtuber for for breaking down the legal jargon yes exactly because there's a lot of it in these in these documents that he he just breaks it down and and tries to basically translate it <laughs> because they do use a lot of big vague language to try and uh get their point across and, that's, um, and they do that on purpose by the way of course of <laughs> course it's all the, it's all on purpose to try and confuse whoever they're trying to confuse exactly but um yeah definitely check him out if you want he has literally i think he has like 50 something uh episodes just on this uh topic Activision and Microsoft. So, if you wanna, if you got, if you got time and you wanna jump in the rabbit hole, I <laughs> check it out. Um, but yeah, so they, the deal doesn't stop, and it seems like the EU is now in support, kind of, because of their comments based on the FTC's arguments that yeah. Microsoft misled or they gave assurances that they never gave, essentially. Yeah. So. The FTC claimed that they brought Zenimax and Bethesda, and they are now withholding the games from Sony by making Starfield and Redfall, uh, Starfield and Redfall, exclusive to Xbox and PC. So they're using that as sort of ammo to say, "See, they did it with Zenimax and Bethesda. Who's to say they won't do that with Activision?" But the was the EU and e even the CMAs, they both came out and stated, no, Xbox did not mislead anybody. Your reason for trying to sue and block them is is not correct. And that was very surprising. You know, they had regulators fighting over, you know, what's going on with a particular company. I think at the end of the day, it just goes to show you they, the FTC has no idea what they're doing. <laughs> no, I think they, they know what they're doing. Like you said, they're just posturing. They're, they don't intend to block it. Because if they did, they would have filed an injunction, which they didn't do. Yeah. So basically what it seems like, we don't know for sure. Because um, one of the things that uh, Hogue Law was, he made very clear is that you can never read the mind. I mean, this is goes without saying, but you can never read the mind of a regulator. You don't know 100% their intentions. You can only kind of guess based on history and all this stuff. So basically what he was saying is that because they went through administrative court, um, they're probably looking for more concessions. 
and basically the the ones that Microsoft has offered is probably not enough. Um, so they're suing to get Microsoft to the table and be like, "Hey, you want this lawsuit to go away? Let's see what we can do." So that's basically what the general consensus is because if you want if the FTC wants concessions that Microsoft isn't not not that they're they're not giving anything they gave the 10 year deal and I, I'm pretty sure they said it's also offered to Sony but they oh, just yeah. haven't accepted the deal, it the deal's definitely offered to Sony Sony just hasn't said anything because they put their foot in their mouth so many yes. times on this particular subject they kind of just went quiet yeah so i mean they they have no um they have no reason to accept it to be fair because if they're going to try to get this deal stopped they're going to try it and then when it doesn't then they're going to accept it and knowing microsoft they they kind of have to give them the deal still because then it doesn't really hurt their case they will like i or said they- like i said phil spencer and xbox they're going to abide by what they they said they're going to do they're not the they're not the snake man they're not the the big bad evil company that they that people think they are right phil spencer's word is his word and they're gonna go by it whether people agree with him or not you know the deals the deals will remain there even if no matter how many times sony can try and talk to regulators to try and get the deal stopped that deal will remain there because he offered it to them right um so yeah i think honestly i mean i'm i'm hoping that this is just what they say it is that it's just a, a way to get microsoft to agree to some concessions what those concessions are i have no idea um what i can guess is probably has to do with game pass because um i don't think they have any uh real argument to stand on when it comes to exclusivity because microsoft is already offering uh call of duty for 10 years so that you can't really argue against that. Um, but I think the deal is probably going to focus or the concession that they're looking for focuses around game pass and when they can put it on there. So it doesn't make sense to me. You know, if, if I buy something, how can somebody else tell me when and where I can't put my, my product on a subscription service? You know what I'm saying? No, it doesn't make sense. It's it's really it's hard because they all this is in the name of competition and that's what the FTC is supposed to regulate. They're supposed to regulate competition to make sure nobody has it, nobody is outwardly um uh like I guess I don't know what the word to use, but I guess destroy or like vehemently harm the competition. Because yeah, even if this deal does go through Xbox will still be number three. Right. It's not. It's not a monopoly. No, it's not a monopoly. Because that's what competition is. It's to get a leg up on your opponents. Like that's yeah. that's how competition works. In any case, the goal is to do better than the competition. So that way you have people. Cut. That's why price cuts happen. That's why bundles happen. They. That's why. Uh, uh, like Game Pass deals, the one dollar deal. That's why all this is in the name of competition. So this is it, it gets me frustrated when they keep saying that it's anti-competitive. It is competitive. It's competitive. That's what it is. They're doing whatever they can to get more people on their console, on their platform. 
And Sony's done it too. They've played for exclusives. Like that's that's how it works. Yeah. That's what Sony's worried about. They're worried that they're gonna lose on their one year contracts that they'll have that they've had with you know, Call of Duty for a while. You know, where it's like they have exclusive content coming out to Sony first before anywhere else. They just they don't want things to be fair. That's pretty yeah. much what it is. They yeah. want the advantage and they don't want to lose it. So they're yeah. claiming that them losing the their their advantage that they've had for nearly a decade is unfair, which is yeah. <laughs> crazy. Absolutely, absolutely. Because we we all know that Microsoft, uh, Sony doesn't want to play fair. They want to they want to keep their status quo of them being the so called market leader. They don't want anything to change, which is why they were so reluctant to even start up their own uh, sort of Game Pass competitor. You know, because they don't want a Game Pass competitor. They don't want a streaming service. You know, they they want people to pay full price for the games. They want Microsoft and Xbox to play by their rules. Exactly. That's the problem. Exactly. And Microsoft's out here trying to change the whole change landscape. the rules. Yeah. yeah. They're trying to change everything. And so far, it's working in their favor, you know. But, you know, we have to wait and see um what happens with this lawsuit with this activision deal it's and it's not just sony that we have to worry about because there are there are chinese companies like tencent that are just out there gobbling up you know whole percent big percentages of companies out there and absolutely before you know it they're gonna own way more than sony and microsoft put together and then you have china with their I don't want to get a little too political, but you know they're you know communist ways mm-hmm. inside our gaming, you know our gaming technology and how they use it. Mm-hmm. They they could be coming the next Sony market leader if this particular deal doesn't go through. I don't see how this can be bad for Americans in particular. It's an American company. They want to buy more of american companies to make an american company better right to fight off you know foreign companies who've been the market leaders forever in particular japan with sony and now china with tencent yeah it's like we said before it's all political posturing they're trying to make a name for themselves they're trying to be they're trying to to basically use this act this acquisition as like uh a warning to others who are looking to try and uh, make moves in the tech industry for like big tech or whatever. Yeah. So I, I don't think this, they don't, they don't really care about this Activision acquisition at all. They're just using it to make a name for themselves, which and it's also, it's interesting because, and I heard this, they said, uh, this was kind of like an offhand comment, but apparently the head of the FTC, uh, was, I think it's Lena Khan. Lena Khan. Yeah. She's going on maternity leave in like a month. So it's like she's not even going to be there. She's not even going to be there. So it's like why would you even do like it's it's literally just to send the message. She's going to be on Zoom though. Don't worry about it. They're they're going to have her there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. She's she, she, no, she's she's going to be Zoom cuz she don't want to use Microsoft Teams. You know, they can't be too biased. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. But, but we had it's just it's a like you said a lot of political posturing a lot of uh beating of the chest from different companies and we got to get through it <laughs> yeah i think 
once because I think the 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 EU regulators are are supposed to come up with a decision in January. Mm-hmm. I feel like once they give their decision, then we'll we'll see where we're gonna be headed. Right now, it's kind of still up in the air. Um, once they give their decision, and then hopefully the CMA. I think theirs is in April. Um, hopefully they follow it's sooner suit. than April. Is it sooner than April? Maybe March. Yeah, I think it's sooner than April. But yes, it's around there. Yeah. It's it's somewhere around there. So um, hopefully we'll be able to get uh, a lot more cl- clarity on this stuff in the yeah. coming months. But it's just it's just been a uh, a world uh, what is it a whirlwind whirlwind. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has. And we I I feel like if the EU comes out and says you know the deal's all good to go i feel like that's a blanket you know good to go for everybody because i feel like the eu is the most strict out of all of them yes you know they have what like 20 something countries that they're representing and each country has their own laws and regulations itself so the eu represents every every single one of them and if you can get past the eu you're good you know, it's like right. you got the good old stamp of approval. And I believe the CMAs will follow suit. And um, since nothing is since, like you said, it's all political posturing uh, with the FTC uh, soon after the FTC will, you know, give it the old good old stamp of approval. And we can put this behind us. <laughs> or worst case scenario is the the EU approves it. CMA approves it. They close this deal. And then. Uh, Microsoft uses that to take the FTC to court, to actual judiciary court, which can take long, but that won't matter because Call of Duty will already be, or Activision will already be under the Microsoft banner. And yeah. granted, they can, if they lose, which I, I absolutely cannot see that happening, um, yeah. then they would have to break up uh, the deal or they'll have to agree to sell off a portion of it or whatever the case may be. But if they are still allowed to close, which they are, then it really doesn't matter. Absolutely. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter at all. But yeah. we have we have we'll get into some more news on the Activision side. Because you know, Activision is still its own company right now. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're in the middle of this transition era. And a lot of people in the company are wondering what the hell is going on? You know, even they don't know. You know, they and we actually got some inside information, an internal email to Activision Blizzard staff was leaked, and I have that right here and read a little bit about that. So the email reads, uh, there's a lot being said these days about our merger with Microsoft. However, much of what's out there lacks deep understanding of our industry. As part of our ongoing commitment to keep all of you updated on the merger, I wanted to take a moment to give you a quick process update and to lay out the facts. So we've received approval for our merger from several judiciaries, and we're proceeding through the process in several others. Our engagements with global regulators have been constructive, productive, and generally quite positive. It goes on to say, I have, however, seen speculations in the press that the U.S. will sue. Of course, they did. Um, And they go on to say, we don't know what will happen with the regulatory process, but for several reasons, the rumors that Microsoft would make Call of Duty exclusive to Xbox are complete nonsense. To the contrary, 
Microsoft has spent the last year promising global regulators, tens of millions of players, and competing consoles and other platforms. They don't want that. Do people really think that Microsoft, one of the world's most respected companies, would risk its reputation and relationships to go back on that promise? But you don't have to take their word for it or ours. Making Call of Duty exclusive to Xbox doesn't make good business sense. Microsoft would lose billions of dollars in lost sales and would infuriate both PlayStation owners and Xbox owners who would lose the ability to play with their friends on the PlayStation. The the player backlash would be disastrous and it would destroy Microsoft's trust with people and its brand, something Microsoft has spent the better half of this decade building and protecting. So... This is all coming straight from Activision, talking to their employees. They have full confidence that the deal will still go through, despite what everybody in the media has been saying, all these rumors and all these lawsuits. Activision is still telling its employees, don't worry, we're working on it. We're confident it will go through. And we, they're excited they're actually excited to be part of Xbox and Microsoft. So I hope that this bit of news straight from Activision will shed some light on how well people are thinking about it, this particular deal going through. Yeah. I mean, it, it does suck that all this stuff has kind of been in limbo for the past year. Activision really hasn't been able to do much. Like, granted, they're still releasing games. That's obviously that doesn't change. But the fact that they can't do anything else within like their operations um, to kind of like push things along. Same thing with Microsoft. They're 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 kind of stuck. And that's there's also rumors that that's why they haven't really been showing much of their stuff. Yeah. That they they're trying to not make the case for the FTC or any other regulator to be like that they have a lot of exclusives, um, because the regulators don't know about this stuff. They're not gonna if they don't see it, they they don't know. That's it's kind of sad, but um, but yeah, uh, yeah. No, so I mean, there's really there's not much they can say about this stuff because. I mean, they're not going to say, oh, we don't have confidence because that'll that'll be bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, they're, they're just trying to, like, essentially do damage control. They're trying to, you know, keep calm. Don't freak out. Like, this deal is not done. We're still working towards it. Like, there's still a path to to getting it closed. So it's not the door is not shut. They're just it's just being threatened. But that doesn't really mean anything. It's just words, pretty much. Um, but yeah, so hopefully, like I said, things can go a little bit smoother and go faster because, frankly, as as good as uh, it is to have like this content and to talk about, it's getting tiresome. <laughs> it's like it's like a freaking soap opera at this point. It really is. They're gonna make a they're gonna make a documentary on it. Watch. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's gonna be on Netflix next year. What are you talking about? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> So let's uh, put uh, Activision behind us and get into a little bit about the Game Awards. Yes. Yes. So we'll discuss a little bit of the Game Awards and what our favorite moment was. Because 
the Game Awards was long. It was like it's two four. and a half hours. No, well, well, the actual watching, show. Yeah, the actual show was two and a half hours, but it was more like three and a half, almost four. <laughs> yeah, with the pre-show and stuff. Yeah, because they were announcing winners and everything during the pre-show. So we'll, we'll get into a little bit of some of the winners for some of the uh, categories. And then what is our favorite release that they showed? Uh, world so, premiere. Yeah, the world premiere. So what, we'll get into that first. What What was your favorite world premiere that you're most excited for? So there's two. One of them was the, the Cyberpunk DLC. Because okay. I, I really enjoyed Cyber. I really need to get back into it. I, I put like 70 hours into it and I kind of stopped because I was it was like taking over my life. But then <laughs> I never got back into it. And I really want to. And I mean, granted, it was also because of the, the, the performance of the game. It was crashing a lot and there was like bugs. And yeah, I needed to take a break. But now it's in a better state. And I want to dive right back into it. So um, I'm looking forward to this DLC. So that was good. And they also got Idris Elba, which I love him. Yes, uh, who doesn't? He's great. So he's a, he's a good addition to the story. Yeah. Um, aside from that, the, the next one that really got me interested is uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yes, that, that's that mine looks as well. very interesting. Yes, yes. I and I, I, I love the first game. It was it it was kind of, it was like a sleeper hit honestly I didn't really pay much attention to it granted I wasn't into Star Wars when it came out but after the fact um, I still kind of was just like eh it's there I'll, I'll play it eventually but then once I played it I was like wow this is really good the story's really good I like how they tie it into the whole universe or whatever and I do appreciate that it's not it it's a side story but it also fits into the actual lore. Yes, because I know a lot of games before. Were, uh, what was it? Um, I'm blanking on the name. The Force Unleashed. Oh yeah, the Force so, Unleashed. Yeah, yeah, they made that, but it was not canon. Like it was in the story, but it was kind of its own thing. Yeah, this is not canon. Yeah, the Jedi Survivor and and Jedi. Um, uh, Fallen Order. Fallen Order. I was trying to think of it. Um, yeah. It's it's canon. Like this actually happened in the universe, and I fully expect Kyle Kestis to show up in one of the TV shows eventually. I hope so. That would be really cool. Yeah, no, it definitely would be, and that's one of the things I do like about this this cross uh, brand or cross media promotion mm-hmm. is that you can get the stuff from the games to show up in the in the show. Like, um, what was it? The I can't remember the name of it. The Grand Inquisitor, like fortress, um, oh, yeah. that showed up in Obi Wan. Yes. So like yes. that, you saw it first in the game, and then it showed up in Obi Wan. You learned about the Inquisitors, and it was it was it's really cool. I just like the the whole world building about it. Of course, um, you, know, you know they're gonna do it right. Yeah, and now that it's a more successful franchise, hopefully we'll get more like cameos and more more higher stakes in this game because i while i did enjoy the fallen order the stakes were kind of low and um it kind of told a a little self-contained story while making reference to other stuff but now hopefully they can blow it open and actually like feature bigger names or have real impact on the the universe at large yeah, I mean, it definitely is going to have a bigger impact, particularly for Star Wars, you know. Yes. Um, so I can't wait for that. That's definitely my number one 
world premiere that I really wanted to see and, and enjoyed. It definitely it's gonna come out in March seventeenth of next year. Hopefully, long. Hopefully, there's yeah, no hopefully delays it's or anything like that. So <laughs> yeah. right now they have a set release date for March seventeenth, which is awesome. Can't wait for that. That's definitely gonna be like a a day one pickup for me. Because, you know, I love Star Wars. I love the lore behind it, everything. I love the movies, the comics, the cartoons, the TV shows, all of it. So I can't wait for it. Yes, me neither. The other world premiere that I really loved and wanted to talk about was Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Um, Because they did a tribute for Kevin Conroy at the Game Awards, which was very nice. It was very well done, um, well-deserved. And they did it because Kevin Conroy will be in the Justice, uh, the Suicide Squad, kill the Justice League. So it'll be his final like, performance as Batman. Yes, yes. So I definitely want the the story in general looks good. I've seen other um, trailers and everything about it, so it wasn't like a world premiere, but it was definitely something to be noteworthy of, especially for Kevin Conroy and his passing this past month. So. Yeah, I honestly, uh, what I've heard, I don't know how true this is, but what I've heard is that they were trying to keep this uh, a secret, and they were probably gonna wait until a later date to uh, announce it. But because of his passing, they thought it was a little bit more appropriate to kind of celebrate his inclusion in the game. Yeah. So I'm glad they did it, though. Yeah, there definitely was. It was it was a great tribute. I'll put it that way. And I can't wait to actually play the game to hear his final performance. Because for all intent and purposes, Kevin Conroy is Batman. He is Batman. Like, there's no there's no if, ands, or buts. He exactly. is Batman. He is Batman. His, he is the voice of Batman. Nobody can top his voice as Batman. And it would be great to see his final performance in the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of the winners and some of the categories that won. Just a little bit, going a few, because a lot of people. There was a lot. Yeah, there was, a, there was like thirty-three total categories. Um, a lot of games won different things, and God of War won a lot of awards. They were in almost yeah. every single category, and they won a lot of awards. Yeah, the, if, if if you didn't think that there was a bias towards <laughs> PlayStation <laughs> games at the yeah, Game Awards. Yeah, you might want to watch the show. There definitely was. You know, Stray won Indie Game of the Year, um, a PlayStation game, which is fine. Um, it wasn't... I think Call of the Lamb should have been up there, but that I don't think that came out on time to be considered part of Game of the Year. Uh, I think Call of the Lamb would have been a better choice. Well, no, it came out... If if God of War was able to be nominated, then Cult of the Lamb could have been nominated because that well, came out there first. Go. There you go. Sony paid off everybody. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's just like I said, there's a bias towards Sony. They try and bend the rules for them. I, I mean, granted, I don't I, obviously I don't know for real, but it just seems that way based yeah. on their actions and the way they've. Because last year there was a lot of controversy because, um. Was it Forza Horizon Five? There, yeah. it wasn't nominated, even though it got like rave reviews. It was probably the mo- the highest rated game of last year, and it's not a peep, not a peep, not yeah. not a word about it being game of the year because one, it, the people were saying, "Oh, it's just a car game," 
Um, but officially, they said it missed the cutoff date, which was, I don't know, I think it was like the 15th or whatever, November 15th, uh, or no, it was it was like the beginning of November or something like that, because that's why Halo didn't didn't get in or whatever, so. Yeah, I mean, they, but, but also the beginning of November, God of War came out. and Exactly, that was, so yeah. that, that made through, so it's like, what, what, what what's going on? Like, I, I don't understand the whole point of having these arbitrary cutoffs if you're not going to abide by them, if you're going to make exceptions. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's just, we, we, we can guess that they have a bias. We don't know for sure, but it definitely seems that way. Like you said, it seems that way. Yeah. So definitely God of war won, And I think it's, I think God of war should have won where they did win. Um, because they like Christopher Judd, he won best performance. I do, his... yeah. There, there were certain categories that God of War did deserve to win. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie about that. I mean, because what other performance could they think of that was best performance? Uh, his job as Kratos was phenomenal. You know, he did the first one very well. I haven't started on much of God of War Ragnarok, but I hear amazing things about it, so I know it's. I know it's good. So it's good. he definitely deserved that award for sure. You know, his speech yes. was really great too. You can tell he really appreciated winning the award based off his speech on uh, his words. And he was humbled to be working with such great people at Santa, Santa Monica. Yeah. And, and even his some of his co-stars and the directors. So he was uh, taken aback by the amount of support that he was getting f- for his role as Kratos. And I, I think that he deserved, he deserved that particular award. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but we all know that uh, Game of the Year uh, went to the king, Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, because uh, Elden Ring is one of those generational games. You know, it comes out... it literally changed the landscape of gaming it brought people to a different genre of gaming that nobody tried before and it just made waves for months upon months you know it it took over like the gaming conversation like literally for for months everybody was just talking about elden ring that's it like that's all it was and it was funny because so uh uh, what was it? Horizon Forbidden West also came out, like I think, like a f- a couple months before, maybe like a few weeks no, before. It was like a week before. Oh, it was a week before. Okay, yeah. so then, yeah, and the same thing that happened to the first game happened to the second game, where I think Breath of the Wild came the out Wild a week out. after mm-hmm. the first one, and then now Elden Ring came out a week after the second one, and it got zero awards this year. It was it was very I mean, a lot of people were just talking about how I I don't want to say it's sad, but you kind of have to feel for the developers who put a lot of effort. I'm sure they put like they really wanted that game to be great, but it's just I don't know. Like I granted I haven't played it, so I don't know. I never played the first game, which I have it installed. I just haven't gotten around to it. But um, a lot of people were saying that the first one was better than the second one, though. I mean, I hear that all the time. The first one was better than the second one. I haven't. I jumped into the first one. I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would, and I kind of fell off on it. And mm-hmm. 
and you know I'm 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 a fan of games, you know. Right. So when a Sony exclusive comes out and it's getting a lot of praise, I'll try it out. I'll play it. Same thing I did with Ghost of Tsushima, mm-hmm. and I played it. I absolutely loved it. It was my favorite game of 2020. Um, so, like, I'm not sitting here as a Xbox fanboy just bashing Sony games. I just didn't like it. Mm. I didn't. I didn't feel like Horizon uh, Forbidden West and or the first one was just a good of enough game for me to sink some time into. You know, I don't. I didn't see the. Everybody was talking about how great it was. It's gonna win a lot of awards. I didn't see it. I just didn't feel it. it I picked up the controller. I played it, and I was just very uninterested. Yeah, that seems to be what the consensus was. Is that it was it was okay, but it's nothing groundbreaking or whatever. Yeah, no. I mean, but not nothing like like Elden Ring. That's, exactly, that's... exactly. Elden Ring came out, and literally TikTok, YouTube, Twitch, everything was. Everybody was talking, playing Elden Ring, making content about Elden Ring. Everything was Elden Ring for months. Yeah, you know? and even it got new people into the... You said yourself that Elden Ring was your first Souls game. It was. It's my first From Software game. Yeah, um, so it got people into the genre for the first time, and people were exposed to how good it is. Even though it's challenging, don't get me wrong, it's, it's a good challenging Yes, yes. It's a rewarding challenging as well. Too. Rewarding, yes, you know? absolutely. You felt like you did something great. You know, when you beat a boss or even just like a regular world boss, you know, you beat a dragon, you're like, Yes, I did it. Mm-hmm. I didn't die for there's the a str- there's a, a very strong sense of accomplishment with Elden De- Ring. Definitely, definitely. And it deserved the the game of the year. You know? Absolutely, one hundred percent. I think for sure that they got this one right. <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so another uh thing happened at the right after <laughs> well no this was this was before we're gonna talk about flute guy oh, okay yes okay. yeah so everyone's favorite part of the game awards was pedro Estash, whose epic flute skills and clear enthusiasm during the game awards orchestra have earned him the nickname flute guy and <laughs> The first of all, the score at the Game Awards was amazing. Like they did an awesome job. And then every time the camera panned toward the middle where Pedro was sitting, he would play the flute with such enthusiasm and he was so excited. You can tell in his performance it was just great. So they will pan away to other parts of the orchestra and then it'll come back right to the middle and you'll see Pedro there with a whole different flute. It was completely different. Like you're like, what? He's got a new instrument. Now he's standing up and he's like, he's jamming out like he's in a rock band and you can tell he switched flutes again. They, They pan away, come back, switch flutes again. And he's, he's out there just having the time of his life. And mind you, what they played was amazing. That last uh, or- orchestra song that they did for mm-hmm. Game of the Year was so good. 
Yeah, and, no, I did. I caught. I caught that part, and that was actually really. It was really cool. Yeah, it was really great, and I think his enthusiasm just like elevated it a little bit more. Because even after the song was done and and everybody stopped playing, he jumped up, he screamed, and you could almost hear him scream. Like that's how loud and enthusiastic he was. He you could almost hear him scream, and he's out there. He's giving fives, high fives to, all his, to the bandmates around him. And it, you could just tell he was having the time of his life. We had to bring him up because he was a essential part of the Game of the Year awards being announced. Yes. No, I, and one thing I do appreciate that the, the Game Awards do, and they've done it for the past few years, is they put emphasis on the the audio and the music of these games because that's what really gets you going like when when you're entrenched in the game you're you're surrounded by the the music and the the sound quality and all that stuff that gets your heart pumping and all that stuff like especially with elden ring like as soon as you get to like the main menu of elden ring it's pumping you up with that with that theme music and it's like you get ready for this game because this is gonna be a freaking adventure and you get hyped up for it. Same thing with games like like God of War or, or um, even back like all the way back in Skyrim. Like that was they they hyped you up with the with the theme and the score of all these the like the um, the orchestra. So I I do appreciate the Game Awards for putting focus on that because that's an essential part of games that a lot of people don't really realize. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you just mentioned Skyrim, the song and the theme started playing in my head. Yeah, and it was just like it brought back memories, you know. And and we we got to thank people like Pedro, uh, Pedro Estash, who just take their craft to the next level. And I mean, he made it into gaming news all over. You know, all over the world, they were talking about the flute guy. You know, hashtag food mm. guy. He was even yeah. trending for a little bit. So we right. just gotta we gotta thank them and all their talent to bring us some awesome music and scores from all these games. Right. And then we have uh, one more to talk about. It is these the very odd thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> very bizarre. And um, right after they announced. The game of the year, the Elden Ring one. Um, everybody was, you know, doing their thank yous, and you know, it's a lot of uh, Japanese developers because you know from Bandai, and they had translators up there, and then just it looked like a kid, right? Yeah, it was. It was like, a, yeah, it was a kid, like a teenager. Yeah, it was like a teenager who was up there talking about Bill Clinton. I, I yeah, I, no, I, so. I was, Go ahead. You, you it threw, it, no, it it threw me off. So like, I tuned in towards the end because I, I didn't watch the show. I caught like highlights or whatever, and I saw the trailers that I was interested in. But I definitely wanted to tune in to the end where you find out who's the game of the year. So, um, they once they did, they announced Elden Ring and they came down to accept the award and and they made the creator made a, a speech or whatever. Um, there was a kid that just came up. And the camera was focused on him. You, you thought he would have something to say about, like, the game. You thought he was part of the game. But then, like you said, he didn't look like he was part of any of the crew. Like, they were all Japanese developers. And then you just see this this regular-looking kid. He looked like, like, I don't know. He just looked like a regular kid. Um, uh, so he didn't look like he was part of the team. Comes up to the stage, or comes up to the mic, and starts talking about... Uh, he he's very thankful for the award 
and he wants to nominate. I I, I think he sounded French, so I I think he was uh, I think he was he had an accent. So he was saying he wanted to nominate his uh, reformed Orthodox rabbi, Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what the hell? It, it caught everybody off guard because everybody didn't know what they wanted to do. Like, they thought he was part of the, the, the people that were on stage. And when he, t- when he said that, the room went quiet. And they were just like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> even i was just like wait a second was that was that supposed to happen was that supposed to be like a joke and no it it definitely wasn't supposed to happen because if you looked at uh jeff Keeley's face like they show like a quick thing he looked pissed off like oh, he yeah. looked yeah he was upset like they ruined that moment for him and he kind of just like brushed it off it's like oh well and then like he just kind of went on to the next thing but yeah. uh yeah no that that was very it was funny it was it was, it was definitely an ex- odd yeah it was odd and it made and people were so fast so fast with it literally i want to say within 10 hours because it happened at like at night it was it was really late because we were recording excuse me brother at the time yeah um so it was really late it was like 11 something and i and i just so happened to tune in and they um I want to say, like, within 10 hours, somebody posted on Twitter a mod of Elden Ring that yep. had Bill Clinton as a, yep. as a character that you play as. Yes, and Bill I was Clinton. like, yo, the internet is so fucking fast. Like, they just, they never lose. They know they are on it. As soon as it happens, they are on it. You want, you want them likes, them shares? You got to be yes. quick. You, you gotta, gotta be, be quick. quick. <laughs> it was it was amazing, but yeah, yeah, no, that was it was definitely a bizarre moment and one that kind I kind of feel bad because it kind of overshadowed the whole moment of Elden Ring winning, um, but not too much because obviously that's still a big uh, accomplishment in itself. But it's still mm-hmm. it's just weird that how how it even happened. Like how does how do you get on stage? No security. Like you just walk up and nobody sees you. Yeah, it's it's very it's very uh, weird. Apparently, it's it's he's some YouTuber who's done stunts like this before, so it's the mystery's still out. They're trying to figure out what who he is and what his intentions were. I think he was just trying to get likes and shares for his particular yeah. channel, but um, um, he did it. You know, he was up on that stage. He he said what he said, and he's gonna get some attention. You know, his little fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah, I mean, mission accomplished, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but anyway, uh, is that it? Because we've been is... going for a really long time. <laughs> we have, we have, we've we've come to the end of our news cycle. Yes, and yeah. uh, with that, I I was we were planning on doing. Oh, I was planning on having like a main topic because usually that's how we how we do these. That we have a main topic, but considering the the amount of news that we had, kind of had to forego that for this episode. But we got a lot of out there, so yes, can't really complain. <laughs> the main topic is Xbox, Activision, Game Awards. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That was the main, the big three. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So that that'll do it for us this week. Um, you can uh, follow us on our social media. We have Instagram, Twitter. 
Uh, we'll put the link tree in the. Well, do we? We don't have a link tree. Actually, I need to make that. Let me you make. Need that. to make it. Yeah, you said you were. You said you were. I did. I did say I was, and I never got around to it. So I'm gonna finally get around to it. I've said it, so now I, I gotta do it. So there you go. It's on recording. <laughs> yes, it's on here. Uh, so I'll put that in the in the description. Uh, you can follow, I guess, us on Twitter. Do you wanna say your own personal Twitter? I guess. Yeah. Um, my Twitter is at Torres Isaiah, so you can follow us there, where we'll share the gaming podcast loading up, so you can follow us there, as well as our uh, gaming podcast, uh, Twitter podcast, it's loading up, right? Yeah, at loading up pod. At loading up pod, yeah, you can follow us there, or click the link, make sure you like, you share, you follow, hit that bell, so you can be notified about when our next video drops absolutely and you can follow me on twitter on zio with an x mafia and yeah so that'll do it for me and we'll see you guys next week next week later see ya